0: Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you were listening to Two Broke Watch Snobs. You have made it all the way.
1: <laughs>
0: You've made it all the way to episode 157. They said it couldn't be done. They said, they said, no, you won't do it. We said, you know what? We're taking the whole way to 157, and then we're just going to stop, and they said, that's impossible. You guys can't do it. But you know what? We proved them wrong,
1: Michael. Happy New Year, Kaz.
0: Happy New Year, right? First episode of
1: the new year. Mm-hmm. The new decade is it is it a, is it gonna be a new you this year?
0: Absolutely not.
1: I gave <laughs> up on that
0: whole like new year new you shit around the time I turned twenty three. You know what I mean? I think around the time I turned twenty three, color lost its vibrancy, food lost its taste, and the news never gonna be the same. Cause I think I think I had my first office job when I was 12, when I was twenty three. <laughs> that'll do it <laughs> I think I think it's a direct linear correlation to the uh, to the, the the crumbling of my soul like wet cake and me working in an office you know what I mean <laughs> is
1: that a fair is that a fair judgment call to make yeah some some office jobs will do that especially down in South Florida oh
0: well, I was in Long Island at the time oh <laughs> so there was no sun I was in I was in I was in good old Freeport Long Island yeah, I don't want to go there ever again. You know,
1: you know who doesn't have to worry about office jobs? Who's that? The people that we're going to talk about today.
0: Oh, I got absolutely. This is going to be a huge. <laughs> Thank you for saving it, by the way. This is going to be huge. Episode 157. Um, this is something that kind of Michael and I kind of talk about or brush on a little bit. I think this idea was mainly inspired by last week's episode, 156, the last episode of the past decade. Um, I brought up seeing that rainbow quartz invicta in the wild amazed i saw in the mm-hmm. wild and i made the joke of like um oh the guy wearing it looked exactly we he thought he'd look like he looked like fucking like a broke ass like cosplay version of guy fieri and then um through 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 just the magic of the internet in the moment we discovered that guy Fieri's apparently a watch like a proper <laughs> like a proper watch guy not yeah. a not a not 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 a tasteless uncouth fucking you know Threaten. So, um, we thought it'd be cool to dedicate the next episode, which is this episode 157, to celebrity watches and really the idea of, you know, is it cash or is it passion? You know, so celebrity watches, cash or passion. And it's basically the idea of celebrities who have watches, are they wealth enthusiasts or are they actual watch people? You know? Do
1: Do you think that this could eventually evolve into a multi part series? absolutely
0: because i think there are more than six celebrities in the world (laughs) you know what i'm saying i i've i've been i've been i've been having this theory for a while i think there's more than six celebrities in the world so i do (laughs) i do think um i would like it to be reoccurring you all fine folk at home let us know if you enjoy the show this week we'd be happy to keep it going but that's basically the idea i chose some celebrities michael chose some celebrities um I interpret a celebrity kind of loosely, to kind of encompass not just um, like movie stars, but people yeah. who are recognizable names in all types of different outreach and media and entertainment facets and things like that. So there's some there's some pretty cool names on here. Um, we had one that's crossover, so we could use that one to like jointly jointly discuss, you know? Of course. So this should be pretty cool. But here, let's do this. Let's. Uh, I'm looking here. It is. I was looking for my list, my the, the, the list of things like I don't fucking know what's next after the intro. Like oh my god, I'm <laughs> la, I'm fucking lost. Let's let's honor tradition. Let's do a fucking wrist check. I, <laughs> I'm very curious to hear what you are wearing for the first audio wrist check of 2020. Banky banky man. I don't know. I I don't know how to say years in Spanish. So I'm just gonna say banky Bangty. So 2020. What do you What are you wearing?
1: It's a watch that I, I should be wearing way more often, and I think now that I have it on this uh, bracelet I'm going to talk about, it's uh, okay. it, It's looking that way. Um, I'm wearing the Omega Speedmaster Professional mm. 3570.50 on the new Forstner Comfit JB Champion uh, reproduction. We were um,
0: talking about these. Let me pull this up. Forst... God damn Skype thing. Get out of my way. Forstner...
1: So, if you want a um, a really good kind of reference for this new band specifically, um, Robert Jan over at Fratello uh, kind of reviewed it on his Speedmaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe if you if you like search Forstner on on their site, you you can come up with a pretty good article. Uh, or I can also just slack it to you. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, whatever. <laughs> I I forget that we use these like things sometimes whatever way you think about it on Friday I close Slack and Teams and everything and I just like I never open it again until Monday um, my dream
0: my dream is to only ever open Slack Michael to talk to you <laughs> I don't want to hear from anyone else
1: yeah I, Except, I just sent you I just sent you the article
0: <laughs> oh here it is I only want to open Slack to talk to you and the TPDS contributors no one else I don't care about anyone else yeah man you know, that's the fucking dream. That's but one I, day eventually not going to come true, and everything's going to crash down the that, you. But that doesn't matter. That's neither here nor there. Okay. Oh, I see it now, Brower. Oh, for, I was spelling. I was spelling Forstner wrong. I was yeah, I was spelling
1: I, I, like Forrester. I. I hmm. Yeah, that's something else. <laughs> um, now, for 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 the watch itself, um, it's just like. A bare bones eighteen sixty one Speedmaster, um, you know, kind yeah. of like the regular one that you can buy today, um, and yeah, for, no, basically, for a while, I I wore it on the um, on just the stock uh, Omega bracelet. I tried it on a NATO. Uh, people really love to to wear Speedmasters on on a NATO. Yes. Uh, it just didn't really jive with me. I, I felt like I took a really premium watch and I just like dumbed it down.
0: Um, okay.
1: Those are, I of fighting words. For some people. No, it's it's
0: totally. Well, the thing is, that's your assessment's not wrong. In the fact that majority of the times, a lot of the Natos folks have like five dollar Natos.
1: Yeah. So, so you're, uh,
0: you're literally doing exactly what you said.
1: Um. So for for a while, I wore it on the the modern omega speedmaster bracelet now right. it's it's a fine it's a fine bracelet some people love it some people really 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 dislike it um the issue with that bracelet is that the end links they right. they flare out so far to the point where i think the lug to lug feels like over 50 at some point because the, the the solid end links do not articulate downwards Um, And it's kind of a shame because if you look at, if you take a look at a Speedmaster, just the watch head only, the case is, I think, as close to perfect as any sports watch can get. Mm. Um, There's just like something beautiful about the Speedmaster case, the way that the lugs twist. Um, you know, the size and everything. It's, it's the perfect execution of a 42 millimeter case.
0: I'm looking at the jutting out width of the bracelet. You're totally right. I didn't realize how far out those end links came. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: So I, I, I took a couple of different approaches. At one point, I went to an Omega boutique. Uh, and, and I remember. I said, you know, I said, What do you guys have? And they have, it's a long reference, but, um, you know, it, they have, they currently sell a, a reissue of an older bracelet. I think it's between between like five and six hundred dollars. Yeah. So for a while, I, I asked myself, um, you know, what if what if I look for uh, like a JB Champion bracelet? Well, those things also sell for like between four and five hundred bucks on eBay, and they're they're half broken, you know, half the time. Yeah. Um, you know, they're very very fragile. Um, actually, Robert Yan made a good point in this article. Uh, there are a lot of theories as to why uh, these bracelets were popular with with astronauts i thought that omega bracelets were like unreliable maybe back in the day so they just found these replacements that were popular mm-hmm. at the time but um you know uh, i trust his research uh, apparently nasa would have preferred that you know in the event of a snag uh or you know, some kind of issue with the bracelet getting caught on something, they would rather lose or damage the watch than to have the wear experience, say like a degloving injury. Uh, don't Google that. Um, it's really bad. Um, or, or some, some other form of injury. So they actually, this is, and this, here's the novelty and everything. They replaced these um, stock bracelets with these JB champions at the time because yeah. they were, in a way, structurally inferior to the stock Omega bracelet, and they would just break off and You'd, everything
0: would be fine. It's logical. You'd rather lose the watch than
1: the astronaut. Of course, yeah, if you consider the cost of training. <laughs> um, Not the so, sanctity of
0: human life. The time yeah. and money it takes to get one of these people prepared. Um, the, it's, it just, okay, this is, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna dumb it down really good for everyone here. It reminds me 100% of uh, cat breakaway collar are you familiar with a cat breakaway collar
1: i mean it, it, it if it sounds just like what it sounds like
0: it sounds exactly like so so a lot of times cats are nefarious enough to squeeze into little things behind couches behind dressers blah oh. blah blah and unfortunately if you leave your cat home a lot its collar can get snagged on the end of a piece of a furniture or an outlet or god knows what um and it can get trapped starve and die you know what mm. i mean Um, but with the breakaway collar, if you apply enough force, the clasp separates and the cat can then, you know, free itself. So it's, it's basically the same principle, but for astronauts,
1: but it's, it's kind of hilarious how, how the enthusiasts (coughs) approach this. So before, before this, um, you know, people would spend hundreds of dollars on these like old, you know, sellers would say that they were new old stock, but then a lot of times people would spend like hundreds of dollars on these old JB champions, try to fit them on their watch mm. and actually break them. Jesus. And if the clasp on those, once you break it, it's broken. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like, And you possibly just spent three or 400 bucks on this watch or yeah. on the strap and now you just broke it.
1: Yeah. So Forstner, the, the company was, was apparently kind of revived. I'm not sure who owns it or who's running operations now, but um, they created this, you know, pretty faithful reissue. Uh, in, in the way of architecture and aesthetic, uh, while preserving a modern uh, structural integrity. Um, so the the bracelet is beautiful. It fits really well on the watch. I, I get to I get to experience like the full glory of the Speedmaster case on my wrist. Yeah. Without without seeing those like huge end links jetting out the side. Uh, my my fear was that again I would take a really premium feeling watch. And like a premium feeling part, you know, that Omega bracelet is great. Um, you know, I, I I felt like I'd be taking away from the watch, but after getting it on, it's just the complete opposite. It's nice and lightweight, it looks really good. Um, funny thing, I apparently installed it backwards, <laughs> but that's can you, okay.
0: Can you easily um, turn
1: it around or yeah, I just I, so I, I gotta turn it around. I, I installed it in, in the way in a way that the clasp actually um comes up on the 12 o'clock side but you're supposed to do it to where the clasp emerges from the six o'clock side okay it's not a big deal that's not a big deal and i actually kind of like the way it looks (laughs) this way because um you know when you put on a a nato you're used to the added visual mass that you get over at 12 o'clock when you you know you fold everything in there it's Mm. almost like the same feel but anyway it's it's a it's a fine bracelet and i i think i think forstner again much like uncle seiko did with the z199 uh forstner really like filled this gap in the market for a high quality reproduction with um you know with a spring-loaded function that would fit you know modern day Speedmasters and vintage ones yeah um have you put really, a of really that thing up it. on the feed yet no i haven't uh i i I, I i might not i might not do that i might not post on social media until uh i i get it installed proper i guess i, I maybe the speedmaster nerds can tell me if that's the right way or the wrong way or if there is a wrong way um but michael it's me- like
0: it's, it's like burger king you can have it your way man like you just <laughs> it's, it's all on the watch don't, <laughs> don't don't be afraid of the orological neckbeard hordes man you know what i mean like you I think it's the same fear that you might be fearing where it's like, oh, I can't post this picture. The date's wrong.
1: They don't, they <laughs> I don't did that
0: yesterday. <laughs> yeah. like be, be like, oh, I spent hours in this photo. I can't wait for someone to tell me how great it is. And people will just like, Psh, date's wrong, jerk. It's like, why well, fucking hope you die in a car crash, man. All right. Fuck you. You have nothing else better to do on
1: the internet than point out my wrong date. I see the uh. logic. I see the logic behind keeping the clasp on the six o'clock end. Uh, because, so the way, the way you actually put the, the, the band on and like tighten it, it's the same, it's the same motion that you do with say like Velcro sneakers. Like you, you loop the thing in, tighten it and it loops around. So instead of Velcro sticking to Velcro, you take this like tiny, like, um, like these tiny teeth and they clamp onto this clasp. And actually, from that point, the clasp has another little lash, and you can tighten it in real time on your wrist. So that's it's just cool. like sliding this sliding motion. You don't have to take links out or anything. It's really, really cool and convenient. I um, like this.
0: I like your bracelet option here, also because these things aren't three hundred or four hundred bucks, are they?
1: One twenty-five. Yeah, that's that's great, dude. One twenty-five. So it's so it's it's a it's a really good time to be a. a speedmaster lover you know if and if you have something if you're not like an owner of a 321 speedmaster on say like an old uh like nos jb champion this is a fine option if you have a modern day uh speedmaster that's so cool i I think i think the spring-loaded ends will fit anything from like like 18 millimeter to like 22 oh wow or um Oh no, sorry. Between 16 and 20 millimeter lugs, you could use this on. That's pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you tried putting it on your panerai yet, or would that just look ridiculous?
1: <laughs> Panerai's 20. Uh, what is it? I think 24. 24. Yeah, yeah that's so. not gonna
0: work. You'd have to get like some newspaper spacers <laughs> in there or something.
1: They do have. They do have a shot of uh, on the on on their Instagram feed. They have a shot of somebody somebody put it on a modern day uh like supercase submariner (laughs) so you know if you want to do that it'll actually fit it so but that's that's a long-winded wrist check and and that's what i'm wearing today i'm i'm really really satisfied with this and um you know i'm just as happy about this as i was when again i saw like uncle seiko uh reissuing that z199 so
0: so the brace that's gonna stay
1: I think, yeah, the bracelet's going to stay, man. And, and nice. another thing, it's super, super secure. I mean, for like the time that I've been wearing it, I've never, that was another thing I was like, well, how, how far are they going to take this vintage reproduction thing? Is this going to like disintegrate if I do a jumping jack? But it's like <laughs> really, really, it's, you know, pretty secure. Uh, so I'll wear it. I'll wear it throughout the week. Um, I take the Speedmaster to work a lot. So I'll put it through the paces of, City life. I guess cool. um that's that's, that's me and uh a, a quick update on you know a pretty cool new product that's out in the watch space today. That's super cool. Yeah, once you
0: once you feel comfortable um putting a photo of it up on your watch, I'm excited to see. You could do a photo or you can do like a wrist roll story segment. Wrist, wrist roll. roll. No, I'm not doing that. So stupid. <laughs> so fucking dumb. <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> my turn. Yeah, how about you, man? Not wearing anything crazy
0: um, or special. I mean, especially with me, you know. Um, I'm still so I'm wearing my Orange Star GMT uh, WZ0071DJ. There we go. Almost fucked it up. Um, I'm not wearing my Orange Star Diver, the new one I got. Even though I'm still in the honeymoon phase with it, the new Orange Star Diver I got. The reference on that is RKAT0106E. Um just felt like wearing this one uh for the first wrist check of the new year. Um there definitely is a pattern emerging where I've just been wearing my Orient's mm-hmm. uh lately. I don't really think I've worn anything else uh probably in a, a few weeks, I feel like. Ugh. Is
1: that bad? It's not bad at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we'll see. Um we'll see if I keep this on for the day after we record, I'm going to go outside and just, just get some air so I might change my watch up. But yeah, I, I'm wearing this also to, you know, bring in the new year also to kind of signal and try and give as much new year, good juju, good, good luck to my, my aspirations of just trying to do more with Orient information, maybe grab another piece or two um, of interesting Orient star, um, product line maybe something vintage orient which i think is like a really weird space for for people so yeah uh the other thing also is what's been happening over the past two years uh since about i think 2017 probably 2017 um as orient has been phasing out or not really necessarily phasing out but deprioritizing its original 469 caliber movements which were built on the uh, old specs for the Seiko seven zero zero five slash zero zero six movement. Is that
1: mine? Um, Is that the one in my makeup?
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's the one in your makeup. <clears throat> that's that's the fours that's the four six nine caliber. Uh ever since twenty seventeen or so, um Orient has been deprioritizing that older caliber and then hold on, my cat's here. God, god damn it, sweetheart. Here, there's people outside she wants to look at them. Here. <laughs> She likes. she like sitting in the windows and just judging people? Just judging them. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ugh, hot pants. The church. Ugh, just judging them. It's fantastic. Um, what was I saying? As 2017, um, Orient had reintroduced their new F6 slash F7 caliber movements. All this is in-house stuff, by the way. Um, with the with the Ray2 and the Mako2. And ever since then, they've been doing new versions of 469 calibers with the with the uh, F6, F7, um, like, new movement line. Hacks, hand winds. it's really, really cool. It's better timekeeping as well. The power reserves are generally longer. The power reserve on my new Orient Star Diver, which has one of the F6 caliber movements, it's like 50 hours, which is cool, mm. you know? Um, what I would love for them to do is... Because they so they reimagined like the divers, they've reimagined, they've also done a a, a new reimagining of the um, Orient, Sun, and Moon, uh, part of the contemporary line. So they're calling it Orient, Sun, and Moon Contemporary. Um, it's built on this new f6, f7 caliber. And so, what I'm really hoping for is that they revisit the GMT movement in my Orient Star GMT. Yes. And I hope they reimagine it with the... I know, with, with the new movement, but more <laughs> importantly, more colors. <laughs> I think people would go fucking knuckle butts, all right? If this GMT came out in, like, fucking, like, green... Because right now it's in blue. There's also a gray LE version, but if it came out in, like, different colors, and if they reimagined it, and if they put it out there for approximately the same price, like, between eight and 900 USD... This thing would fucking clean house, man. Yeah, in
1: my opinion, you had um, you had before a a Squale with a two eight nine three in there. Um, performance-wise, you know, did you see any kind of difference, uh, or or did you have any preference between those those two movements, and say what you experience now with, uh, with the Orient Star GMT? Um, Any kind of and and as far as anything from quality to the you know interaction and feel of the movement.
0: So this is the really funny thing. This is where I think you start to get the sense of just speaking about my opinions between the the the, the added GMT and that Squale um, Atlas Thirty, and then the, um, the old four six nine caliber GMT that's in this <coughs> fuck, Orient Star. Um, you start to see the differences in where Swiss watches feel like they should give a fuck, and where Japanese watches feel like they should give a fuck. The one thing that I preferred on the Edda, on the Edda GMT and hold on, my cat's still here. For fuck's sake, sweetheart. The the timekeeping and everything. Honestly, I didn't notice that big of a difference. The action of like the hands, I didn't notice there's that big of a difference. I think the the you know nothing with the power reserve. Everything was basically, in my opinion, um, the same. If anything, I probably had more timekeeping issues with the ETA but that just might be an issue with the fact that it was an older watch you know what I mean but the one thing I did prefer on the ETA which is not really it's not a big deal we have to stop conceding and paying more for something stupid like this (laughs) is the ETA movement the winding action the manual wind was so fucking smooth yeah it was like incredibly smooth (laughs) and it made me feel good for this, like, just so so dumb. I'm like, oh yeah, this this movement is winding so smooth. That means I have balance and smoothness in my life. That's not how it. Felt. Like, you know what I mean? The action of the watch is not a totem for my fucking brittle personality. You know what I'm saying? I wonder if um,
1: I wonder if Orient <clears throat> Orient doesn't sell movements either. Like just by themselves. No, they keep it all to themselves. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of uh, a lot of micro brands, um, you know. People are always like, hey, why don't you make a GMT? Why don't you make a GMT? And a lot of really discerning microbrand owners are like, I don't want to make a GMT because I hate the 2893. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was just curious. Well, if,
0: from, from, a, from a business point of view, it's too fucking expensive. Anything ETA is too expensive. If you're like a small team microbrand, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why the microbrand GMTs that do come out, they're usually quartz.
1: Yeah, that's true
0: you know it's it's more it's more financially responsible to do a quartz GMT because then like so yeah there are i don't think there's um a Hattori GMT like mechanical GMT you know that's 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 out there so i don't think Orient is doing is doing that i think ooh i have to double check i know Raketa is trying to supply movements to micro brands but i don't think they have a traditional god damn a traditional movement for that uh, well, that <laughs> this uh, traditional GMT movement, unless they've iterated something recently on their two six caliber line, which they're still fucking using, incredibly mm-hmm. enough. But, but yeah, but that's so. If you were to ask me what I would prefer, I prefer the smoother winding action on that ETA, But realistically, I know I was able to get a nicer watch, a, ni- a nicer watch, like in this like package Orient, because. You know, they were able to do all the movement stuff in-house. They were able to focus on, like, the dial more and everything like that. So, for me, it's very much like a package deal since everything in there's in-house. Yeah. You know? Cool.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm wearing now. I'm hoping they reimagined the GMT movement in the F6, F7 caliber line. Um, because when these new Orange Star Divers came out, dude, there was, like, eight fucking color combinations. Can you imagine if they did that with this GMT?
1: Yeah. And, and like, maybe even... um Maybe different dial textures as well. I know I know yeah. yours has like the those grooves in it, those vertical grooves. Uh, yep. Maybe something new. That'd be cool.
0: <clears throat> when I first debuted this watch, uh, folks were calling it the Aquaterra killer. And I'm oh, like, oh that's dear.
1: right. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's yeah, a similar texture. That's true.
0: Yeah. But then people are gonna be like, oh, it's the Orient like Orient's version of Aquaterra. they are <laughs> like, no, it's not. Orient didn't invent pinstripes, dick. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm wearing now. I'm excited for this gear. I think it's gonna be pretty cool.
1: That's 42 also, right? 42 millimeters. This is it's like 41.5. Okay. But yeah, 42. Yeah, also, also uh, really good. 42 millimeter case. Dude, it's so good. Yeah. That's the You've worn that's, this before, that's the right? first the first thing I notice about that watch is not the dial, but when I put it on, I'm just like, this is a really really good like wearing experience for 42. Yeah,
0: dude. I think you and I are the perfect Asian wrist size. that's the i'm not being like a dick that's the only thing i could think of i have had the best worrying experiences of my life with orient watches i don't know why
1: with my wrist size sizing this forstner uh just yesterday actually i I realized how thin my wrists are because yeah i really have to pull it to the extreme of of where that little clasp goes and i'm just like
0: we're not we're not thick-wristed blokes, Michael. Every time I size a bracelet, I have to take off more links than I leave on. Yeah. If that gives you any idea. That's funny. That's funny. You know? So, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, we did the intro. Did the wrist check. That was a fun wrist check, actually. We talked about the Forstner band. Talk to me about this thing where we, we were discussing in the pre-talks. I have not heard about this, and I'm not sure if this is, like, an official thing or if something that folks are deducing or ADs are releasing, but talk to me about this Rolex... Price increase?
1: Yeah, this is something that I like. I heard about this back in uh, I want to say late November. Mm-hmm. I started hearing whispers,
0: um, but scuttlebutt, or logical scuttlebutt.
1: <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I didn't really think much of it until um, over on their their blog, um, Bob's Watches is kind of like, uh, like the the Rolex. Uh, oh yeah, like aftermarket retailer um like crazy stock uh and they did they
0: make a post like prepare your buttholes
1: yeah yeah basically prepare your buttholes (laughs) that's the the post Uh, so uh, um you know this i i know this doesn't like apply to um you know a lot of people out there because most people actually these days aren't looking for the rolex retail experience because they can't get it um yeah so on on top of everything there's there's going to be uh kind of an average seven and a half percent price increase uh across the board for for rolex seven
0: percent i was thinking it was going to be like 1.3 but seven percent
1: seven percent fuck that dude jesus so paul paul over at bob's watches wrote a a pretty good pretty good breakdown of what this actually means model by model um seven percent of fifteen thousand dollars I don't know. I, I just I wanted to run through, um, you know, maybe some of some of the most like the usual suspects, for example. So, for example, last last year, if you had the the luxury of buying uh, a no date sub, um, mm-hmm. you know, at the AD paying retail, you're paying around seventy five hundred bucks. Uh, now it'll be seventy nine hundred. So you're getting pretty close to eight thousand for the no date. And, and the date is getting pretty close to nine thousand, so that's eight thousand nine hundred fifty now. Um, hilariously, uh, dude, what the hell? Hilariously, the the one two six seven one zero GMT Master, so like bare bones stainless steel, is supposed to be a nine thousand seven hundred dollar watch, um, which sounds great, but. <laughs> <laughs> You can't buy it for that. Actually, most people can't buy it for that. So uh, it's kind of funny to see that number next to that reference. Cause I who's just...
0: still who's still buying Rolex? Like I'm not being like a, like I'm not being prestigious. Or I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not being a dick. But who's still like who's who's still buying? It's not you and I. I think or rather right okay, rather who's buying Rolex and who's pining over Rolex.
1: No. Well you know you know what's funny? I'll tell you who's buying Rolex. The people buying Rolex are the people who started up relationships with authorized dealers um five, huh. six, five, six years ago. And then all of us were calling those people idiots for paying full MSRP. So now five, wow. six years later, they have the strong retailer relationships. And then nobody else can can buy these things. Nobody else gets the phone call. So those are the people buying Rolex.
0: My issue with that is that you have to build a friendship. I don't want to build friends. I'm, <laughs> I'm done making. I had some friends. I ruined all that. I'm done making friends, man. So I have to be friends with my fucking ad to get on the list to pay them fucking ten thousand dollars for a watch that i'll get i'll just spill fucking oyster juice on
1: if you if you see yourself as a person who might say i think i think if you're someone and again i'm going back five six years if you're somebody that thought to yourself i'll probably buy a watch a year one watch per year okay maybe two um that that was probably the smart thing to do to actually pay retail at least a couple of those times to Mm. to get an account started Um, so you're not just like nobody when you walk in there. Um, so, so that's, I, I think, I think if we're talking about the people who can take advantage of these prices, it's those folks back then. Um, I still don't think it's good for Rolex to be doing what they're doing. I do, I do still think it's artificial scarcity. I think they hope to get on the level of brands like AP and Vacheron, um, Mm -hmm. even Patek, Um, so, so they're trying, they're trying to like, you know, beat their chests and and inflate themselves in this, in this luxury space, um, to try to not be the McDonald's of the luxury watch world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the ironic thing is that AP will actually take a deposit. You know, uh, if, if you say like, for example, the 41 millimeter, um, Royal Oak chronograph, I'm not. I'm not shopping for that. That's like a twenty twenty-eight thousand dollar watch. You can leave a deposit cool. on it.
0: I, I thought you were gonna say that's my twenty twenty-one purchase. Like, oh, okay, cool. he's being realistic. I'm not buying it this year.
1: Like, oh, I'm gonna get. It, I'm gonna get a shot now. I think twenty twenty-one is the year. <laughs> no, no. Twenty thousand dollar watch. Got it. Five digits. No, no, no. but but it's just it's kind of funny that AP will be like, yeah. I mean, leave a deposit. You'll get it in three months. Rolex wow. is not doing that. Um. Well, not for everyone. But um, yeah, so th- that's just something I want. I-, I found it interesting that the no date, which is pretty, I mean, I've, I've actually seen quite a few of our listeners with, with a six digit no date. Um, there's a guy on our <clears throat> Facebook group that has this stainless steel Pepsi. Um, nice. There is, uh, oh, I wanted to bring this up. It's funny to see that the Daytona in stainless steel just like the regular one, uh, finally broke thirteen thousand. So thirteen thousand wow. one hundred. That thing was hovering around twelve for years. Um, so, just like the base stainless steel Daytona, officially broke thirteen thousand.
0: The bubble's gotta burst one day.
1: I don't think so. Actually, I, I've sad. I've been thinking long and hard about this. I think Rolex is also the new Pappy Van Winkle of like, the watch <laughs> so like if yeah. if you're super in i'm not super into bourbon but like i think a lot of people know happy van winkle 23 like they only release um like so many like x amount of barrels per year uh from what i can tell and the bottles are supposed to sell for like i don't know like two something three something well, the pro- the problem is
0: people are wear Peppy Van Winkle if they're at least immersed in the like bourbon whiskey space. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not like if I say to you, oh, think of like, you know, we're not 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 to you, i mean, if I went to like a random person in the street that wasn't like a a, a booze connoisseur. And I said, "Oh, name me, uh, name me like you know, you know, a whiskey or a bourbon." They're gonna say Jack. Or here in the states, they'll say Jack Daniels or some shit like that. Yeah. If I went in the streets <laughs> and I said to someone, "Name me a watch," they're probably gonna say Rolex. You know what I mean? They can't operate as this sort of like connoisseur niche thing, but at the same time, they're also one of the most recognizable names in their industry. You know what I'm saying? Like that's why it's weird to me. That's why the exclusive exclusivity is fuck words. The exclusiveness like of what they're doing and the fact that it's like they're. Pricing out a lot of folks. It's it's odd.
1: I, I, I well, I think I don't even think they really have to care. Um, and, and I That's think nice. I think with Pappy Van, Van Winkle, it, it's it's actually been longer than than this whole Rolex shortage thing. Um, mm. I think eventually retail price will not matter. Yeah, I think it already doesn't matter for most people. And, and I, I saw this kind of like shift. I've seen this kind of shift in opinion where some. Some kind of like watch industry, you know, voices have started to say like, it's going to suck, but if you want, you know, the the Batman or like the Pepsi, buy it now, because it's only going to get worse, apparently. So some people are saying that, some people are still holding out. Um, I'm kind of a little bit more pessimistic. But, but then again, who knows, Rolex might just open the floodgates one day and... Screw everyone that paid <laughs> twice retail for like a Daytona or something.
0: Even though it won't have that much of an actual effect, if you are someone out there and you've been pining for a Rolex and you're gonna save a bunch of money and you're gonna go for it, realistically, I would probably just spend my money on something else because exactly. I don't want to vote yes on Rolex's behavior mm-hmm. by giving them money. Even though me not giving them money won't matter at least matters to me, the consumers, like I'm not going to give you my fucking 9,000 bucks but I can take that money and probably get something way fucking cooler and have less of a stressful time.
1: Yeah. I did know? I did what is probably seen as the most fiscally irresponsible and stupid thing in the watch space right now. Like among, among watch enthusiasts. I went to a Panerai boutique and I paid full price. <laughs> And you are on vacation. Like 80%, 80% 80 of people will turn around and tell me you're a fucking idiot. And I I totally, I totally understand the the kind of hit that these things take, but it's just one of, it's one of those situations where like people are really just going to take their money elsewhere. The planet ocean GMT is like a Rolex killer, man. That watch is nuts. They still make the Oreo. It's beautiful. It's just a little too thick, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, people, people are going to take their money elsewhere. It's, it's, it's just going to happen. People are going to put those AP deposits down. <laughs> yeah, if you are in
0: the Rolex price market demographic, if that's the normal like normal price range that you operate in, which is totally cool, um, and, and if you have an issue with what Rolex is doing, let them know with your wallets. Like, don't give them money. You yeah. know what I mean, I, even though I know the loan is probably not going to matter, it matters to you. At least they can where you. Can. You don't have to feel trapped into getting a Rolex because you feel like you think you need to. That's probably what these folks are also operating on. It's like, oh, we're fucking Rolex. People are always going to want to buy a Rolex. Dude,
1: what is this? People are paying what for the damn? Let's see. What are you looking up? I just want (laughs) to... I want to check the price on something. So people are paying... uh, People. Some people paid over twenty-two thousand for the new Batman when it came out. Uh, the secondary market price shot down to like fourteen, fifteen. Dude, those people that paid over twenty-two could have gotten a Vacheron Overseas GMT for twenty-two million. <laughs> <$22. laughs> like, there's like their watch, like in stainless steel with a bracelet. Yeah. Like that's that's a fucking watch, man. <laughs> yep. Uh, but anyways, yeah, th- those those are price increases. I'm not shopping for a Rolex. I don't know if you're shopping for a Rolex this year. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, uh, it, it doesn't matter it, either way because we'll we'll be laughed out the door. I um, can tell you with stark clarity,
0: no, I am not shopping for a Rolex. This holy year.
1: shit, I, I don't think I ever brought and we'll get to the main topic, but I actually did see a a, a brand new GMT in in the case at a retailer the other day. Hush um, your mouth,
0: really? Was it fake? Was it like, was it like printed on like printer paper and like, like, like wrapped over a, a date just?
1: It was real, except it was the one in all gold.
0: <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, Jesus!
1: <laughs> so it's not the stainless steel. Um, so, some people that we're going to talk about today have nice Rolexes, huh? <laughs>
0: i think so uh so this is gonna be really cool So yeah michael we 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 book we bookmarked this at the beginning you know episode 157 celebrity watches cash or passion and so it's the idea of michael and i have chosen some celebrities um not just movie stars anyone that's kind of well known in any sort of entertainment or media space Mm -hmm. um and just kind of dug into what we could find out about their watch collections maybe why they collect what they have and what that potentially might say you know about the person or at the end of the day just talking about celebrities you might like and cool watches they might have because i i definitely learned some pretty cool things i chose i chose like three and a half people um two of them i had no idea were pretend or one of them i know one of them really confused me um the other one i've always known and that's the one that you and i had crossover on and there's 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 a fourth one which I'm, i'm going fucking insane trying to figure out what the fuck he's wearing and i need the watch family to help me i actually i'm gonna need you to help me figure out what one of my choices um is wearing but that's later on so how do you want to do this do you want to go first do you want to kind of pick your first um celebrity slash well-known name and go over you know what you were able to find out about their watch collection or shall i go first
1: i can go first i think I think it's also kind of good to start with an extreme because we're so we're trying to figure out if if it's like if it's like a disposable income thing Mm -hmm. or or if it's a kind of if there's a geeky element to the choices they make in the watches that they buy uh is there is there sort of like a, a deep underlying level of enthusiasm to where this person i don't know might listen to two broke watch snobs one day <laughs> absolutely not this is this hey is if a, they this search is... if they search for a watch podcast i don't know if you search um, for a
0: watch podcast you might find two Broke watch snobs
1: so i have like two extremes i, I have two okay. two extremes and and just because i've been watching his thing on netflix he's got like a four-part series now i think it's called don't Fuck this up uh it's pretty <laughs> funny uh it's kevin hart and oh yeah i never i never really paid much attention to kevin hart um you know until i think i saw one of his later specials i was like yo that guy's fucking wearing an ap concept (laughs) the one that you were talking about like wasn't that one of your like guilty
0: watch yeah choices from a long time ago he's
1: got the black one though and it looks it it looks better in black i'll give him that it it does look way better in black um I'll never own that watch, but if I did, I'd try to go for the black one. Maybe uh,
0: we should get into comedy. I feel like comedy pays.
1: fucking apparently, dude. If Kevin Hart <laughs> leaves some cash for the rest of us, <laughs> come on, Kevin. I think, think he, of the people. I think he surpassed one year like Will Smith as like the highest paid actor like in Hollywood. He just like wow. he just killed it one year with like Jumanji and like like a hundred and fifty like city tour uh, and. God knows how many other movies and like he's the only comedian in history to have like a sponsorship deal with Nike. So really <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> like tr- 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 truly a hardworking dude. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. There, there's there's no denying that. But I think um, I think what we see here is somebody who indulges in luxury and exclusivity, which is not bad, but it just so happens that he does that with like really, really like geeky watches like mm. if if you're into like the passion on that level. So, I mean, he's he's got a ton of watches. Just the ones that I've spotted are like he's got the recently released AP ceramic perpetual calendar Royal Oak. It's the one that's all black. So, it's all black ceramic. Um, I've seen him with that a couple of AP concepts. Um, like several Patek Celestial 6104s. Um, I've seen at least three Richard Meals. I've seen Yeah, I've
0: always I've always associated him with Richard Meal, but apparently it's way more
1: encompassing than that. He I think he I think he. and I think here's here's like an indicator. I I think a lot of actors will like say, like, I don't know, have their first big movie and tell themselves, I'm gonna buy a Rolex. And -hmm. I think he I think he did that. I I I think there is even an interview where he's like, I got a Daytona. And I wanted it because it was so hard to get. Yeah. So like that 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 tells you something. Um, you know, so like I've seen the Bubba Watson, um, you know, some like Raphael Nadal, Richard Meals, and and some like I I, I might have seen like um mm, I wanna say like the ice blue platinum Daytona with the chocolate puzzle. I think I've seen him with that as well. I could be wrong though but wow. i i think i think if we're kind of going to like measure this i think kevin hart is a good example of someone who's not necessarily into it for like the watch enthusiasm maybe that that we think of, no, when we think of watch enthusiasm. I, th- I think
0: this is this is an expression of uh a the wealth he's accumulated which is obviously yeah. well, well deserved we talked about it and then also um just expressive uh, just expressive of um I'm trying to think of a not asshole way to say this. His fame.
1: Yeah. You know what I
0: mean. He knows he's, he's fucking famous.
1: He's flexing. Like yeah, yes, he's doing, yes, He's he's flexing. He's hardcore flexing.
0: I, I I just caught a I caught a headline here that fucking infuriates me on so many goddamn levels <laughs> because. I'm going to read the headline to you, and then I'll say what pisses me off about it. Kevin Hart shuts down the game with Diamond Richard Meal Watch. Um, <laughs> so this pisses me off on, like, several levels. First of all, it implies that watch collecting is a game, and there are winners and losers. That fucking annoys me. Right. You know what I mean? And then it also implies that the way in which you shut down the game is you spend a lot of money, get something fucking jewel-encrusted... Yeah. You get something that's not really expressive, of something that's personal to you. You just get something that's expressive of something you know that you're outwardly trying to project. That yeah. that's why this title pisses me off. But I think that's what he's doing, which is, it's fine. I can get pissed off all I want. It doesn't matter. But I think I think to your point, that's I don't think he's a watch geek. I think I don't think Kevin Hart's in love with watches. I think Kevin Hart's in love with Kevin Hart and money.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that's <laughs> that's probably that that's probably a great way to. Great way to put it. So you know? I, I thought I thought it'd be good to start off with just like a very like an extreme that I was considering, uh, and I I think he's not a not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. I just it tells me something about Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cause, absolutely. Cause at the same time, like if we're talking about flexing, like flexing mainstream, I mean, get like ten Ferraris. that's gonna be that's (laughs) gonna be way more doesn't he have like a bunch of ferraris probably but that's i mean that's way more that's a way more universal way of like showing off your wealth you can still walk into mcdonald's with a diamond richard meal and people don't know if it's an evicta (laughs) like
0: that's that's very true but however as a comedian his person his body full body is always on display you know all, what I mean? All five feet four of it. All five, <laughs> hey man, <laughs> you and know I'm what I'm five saying? Seven, so I can't, can't talk. <laughs> how tall am I? I'm like five eleven or some shit, something yeah. like that. Um, so I feel like him doing that on his wrist. It's probably more meaningful to him to do that to Kevin Hartflex as opposed to having Ferraris, which yeah. When we watch him on television or on fucking YouTube, we're not seeing his fucking Ferraris. We're seeing him hold a mic with his hand and his wrist with a that's watch true. on
1: it. That's true.
0: You know? So that's, that's, that's kind of my feeling on it.
1: <laughs> my, his APs are my favorite. <laughs> he's, he's got good taste in APs. So I'll give him that. <laughs> I'm
0: telling you, man. First thing we got to do is somehow become comedians. Uh, profit, which I don't, I don't understand that. I, I, I always wanted to be a stand-up comedian, but then obviously as most of my dreams that's just fucking... That ship sailed, burned, and sunk. and That dream is gone. You know what I mean. <laughs> but Kevin Hart made it work.
1: Kevin Hart made it work, dude.
0: That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Is it my turn?
1: Yeah. Who's Who's your first one? Complete
0: opposite end of the motherfucking spectrum in yeah. terms of watch passion. So my first pick is someone who I was very surprised to learn was a watch person. Um, it's a it's a chef, celebrity te- chef turned. TV presenter. It's Eric Repair. Um, R-I-P-E-R-T. Uh, so folks who are familiar with him, most of you, have, uh, most non-food folks who are familiar with him, you guys have probably seen him on the, on the Anthony Bourdain shows. Him and Bourdain have, um, had done a few episodes together. Mm-hmm. Um, they did Swiss Alps. Uh, I think Eric Repair was with Anthony Bourdain when they did one of the New York episodes, early New York episodes of... <laughs> No reservations, but um, uh, he's 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 got he's got white hair, very thick French accent, really really funny, really cool guy. I didn't realize he was a watch person. Um, within the food world, he's known as kind of being the co-owner and chef over at La bernadon in NYC, which is I think one of the world's it's supposed to be one of the world's best restaurants, like three Michelin star, all this fucking bullshit. It's on the I haven't eaten there yet, but it's on my list of places like. Michelin star places to eat in NYC my wife and I have been slowly trying to go through them but we haven't been back in New York in a while so but next time I'm in town I want to try and get over there if it's even so fucking around I haven't even I should have looked it up before the show it probably is mm. makes too much money to go away burn it dead. but either way I was surprised to learn that not only is he like a watch person he's I would call him a watch geek so I Definitely. discovered he's just, a the, watch-
1: just the first watch that I'm seeing right now I can tell you
0: so he's got a bunch of Vacheron Constantines. Yeah, because no. apparently he's a Vacheron Constantine ambassador, and no one fucking told me.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, because so he has the the photo that I'm seeing. He's got the Vacheron, um, the Vacheron 1921 US boutique American. edition. Yeah. So actually, and, and the case on the back is stamped uh, Madison 64th. So that's where you get this. That's where you get this watch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so cool. He's got so yeah, in terms of his Vacheron Constantines which is the hot, like the crazy end of the spectrum of his watch collection. and I'll talk about that in a second. So it's, it's the, um, yeah, it's the 1921 you just mentioned, the uh, VC Patrimony in 18 karat white gold, limited edition.
1: Another uh, great, another great option <laughs> to take your money and not spend on Rolex. By the way.
0: Exactly right, because that's 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 easily what like a twenty thousand or thirty thousand dollar watch. Yeah, man, bananas. We should have been chefs fuck comedy michael The the
1: patrimonies are even cheaper
0: oh jesus um he also has a vacheron overseas and this vacheron royal eagle which i did not know about until i learned about him wearing one um it's kind of cool looking actually so in terms of his vacherons that's what i know or that's what i was able to find i'm sure he's got more you know um but i actually found a really cool video of him it's fucking unavoidable at this point i guess talking to ben Clymer about
1: he he visited the hey. Valju. What's up? I, I I had no clue that there was a video out there.
0: 2011, hmm. long just time out. ago. Um, he, he talks about him visiting like the Valju factory and like he, he what attracts him to watches is complications. Like when he buys a watch, he loves when someone can open it for him and he can just fucking look in there. And he makes this really incredible analogous relationship between the perfection of pursuit that a lot of master watch makers go for and his perfection of pursuit in the culinary arts yeah. and how it's something that you're always kind of searching for and how you're inspired by other people's pursuits for for, for perfection and like that's how that's his relationship with with urology that's fucking that's that's on the complete mother humping spectrum yeah. of kevin hart's dumbass not dumbass mm-hmm. i shouldn't say that kevin hart and like just <laughs> His purchasing patterns. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I also saw this really cool thing. He was talking about his early relationship with watches. Apparently, the first watch he ever got was a Cartier Santos when he was like 14 from his mom.
1: That's a great way to start.
0: My mom gave me shit when I was 14. <laughs>
1: that's that's not a bad start. I mean, right.
0: I crawled out of my mom's womb. Over the course of 18 years, she gave me a low self-esteem and crippling depression, and that was it. I didn't get a fucking watch.
1: watch would have been cool, right? I'm guessing your parents still don't listen to the show. Fuck,
0: I really hope they don't ever discover it. (laughs) They have no idea. I just tell them I sweep floors, dude. I don't tell them shit about my fucking life. It's easier that
1: way. You know? Oh man!
0: It's like oh how was work Cass oh it was tough you know one of the kids vomited on the bus again ha, you know how it is bam conversation done you know what I mean no more questions uh, he was talking about that and he was also, he's also talking about his love for Swatch like he's very familiar with like, like the history of orology, orology and he's talking about like Swatch and how I had to google this because I didn't know what this would look like google Swatch and in the words don't be late he's got one of these watches still how cool is this watch?
1: That's very Swatch. It's a very Swatch thing to do.
0: Isn't this it's just fun? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I don't know why. It's yeah. something really cool about it. It's a don't be too late uh, on the watch in place of the compass rose positions, so 12, 3, 6, and 9. So really, really cool. Um I really respect his collector's mentality with Orology and how he's tied that into his um professional, you know goals and pursuits and, and 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 cooking and like for me in a really weird way and i didn't think it was fucking possible it made me respect them a whole lot more
1: you know holy cow i just found one of those used on etsy for six hundred dollars i guess it's like a i don't know collector's item by now
0: fucking i wasn't aware of it i don't know shit about swatch dude but apparently Eric repair does you know <laughs> fucking hell man yeah but yeah really really cool um I want to. I I also saw a reference that has said that he has a bunch of vintage Rolexes, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know how much he cares about those. But, you know, uh, I think. I think there's way more in his watch collection that we just don't really see or or you know hear about. Celebrity chefs and nice watches do tend to go hand in hand, but there is a really big division between celebrity chefs who are watch collectors and celebrity chefs who just have nice watches I think a great example is um another example on the opposite end of the celebrity chef spectrum is Bobby Flay. uh Mm -hmm. Bobby Flay has he used to have like I think he used to wear like an Invicta or something weird Mm. or like a random watch and now you'll usually see him wearing just a straight I think um silver or stainless steel like Datejust like a modern Datejust super classic you'll see him like cooking with it and shit like that um but he's clearly not like. I'm sorry if I'm fucking wrong. If you listen, Mister Filet, fuck you. I don't uh-huh. know. Not fuck you. I apologize. I respect you. But you know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to, to stand <laughs> character here. God damn it. Um, I'm assuming just based on that that he's not really a watch guy. But fucking Eric Repair, with just how enthusiastic he is. It's really fucking cool. Like he described yes. going to see Valju like the Valju factory as like as like like a like a like a like a mystical almost like um you know. Wizard of Oz experience. It was like mad. it was just it's just so cool. So that's that's my that's my first uh pick total opposite spectrum of we your first do, pick with Kevin Hart.
1: We should do an episode just on chefs. Cuz you have like Gordon Ramsay too. I've seen him with like, I've like seen him with Brightlings. Yeah, a lot of well anything from Brightlings to like a, like a 1680 sub, you know, which is yeah. I, I I don't know how many celebrities are like telling themselves I want to buy an old <laughs> semi rundown? Fucking like Rolex. I want to
0: buy an old, not food-safe sub and then make <laughs> a bunch of fucking sticky dough bread. It's gonna be awesome, dude. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think a celebrity chef episode would definitely be super fruitful and uh, and really cool. But uh, but here for this next one, should we do the one that we both chose?
1: Yeah, man. Let's let's talk about Conan because I I just I... Conan O'Brien. Talk show I host, host. I didn't community. realize it. Sometimes I'll, I'll just be working and then, like, in another monitor, I'll, I'll leave like a Conan playlist on. So mm-hmm. it's just like interviews that he'll do or like, you know, remotes that he does. And I'll just leave that on while I'm working. And then I, like, I don't know. I looked over and I'm like, crap, this guy has had like at least two Panorites that I've seen Yeah. constantly. Um, and he always wears them on the bracelet. I've noticed because he's a massive human being and that's fine. (laughs) Like uh so panorizing
0: the bracelets seem like they'd be tough to pull off.
1: Yeah, but you know, if you're Conan O'Brien or
0: Conan O'Brien, if you're seventeen feet tall, yeah, and three of the speed of your hair, you can probably pull it off pretty easily.
1: (laughs) Right. Dude, that guy's all legs. It's hilarious. It's like Gumby.
0: It's like Gumby. His (laughs) his hips go up right up right beneath his chin. (laughs) <laughs> and he just, fucks, he, just, he just walks around like something from your like like the Jabberwocky from your fucking nightmares, dude. Oh, you man. know what I mean?
1: And there's actually there's actually a funny kind of um, there's a little bit that he's doing with that Jordan Schlansky guy. He he does he does these comedy bits. <laughs> he's between, still that guy. He's still yeah, doing that. Where they kind of just just trash him or whatever. I and haven't watched talk, Conan in years they're talking about going to Italy and they're sitting, they're sitting in front of a map of Italy and Jordan Schlansky's like sitting down there. He's like bullshitting the Jordan Schlansky way. And he's like, yeah, you know, I invest in experiences or whatever. And Jordan Schlansky is wearing a ceramic white dial Daytona. And then Conan takes the old school, like teacher's pointer, Uh teacher's pointer. And he like, he taps, he taps like physically on his Daytona. He's like, Hey, nice watch by the way. Oh my god, that's <laughs> kind hilarious! Of, kind of shortly after, this guy's like, "Yeah, I invest in experience, not like material." What a
0: dick! That's so, great, actually. If, if you can find that clip, Slack it to me.
1: Yeah, Conan's a guy that knows. He,
0: I think he knows. I think he. I think he's a watch. The impression that I get from his collection, I think he's a watch person, but I don't think he's a watch geek. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. So I don't know what I don't know. What you've seen, like I said, I think I've seen a couple of Panerai's. Um, and then kind of like the most niche, like geeky thing that I've seen is an old looking sub on like a bund strap. Hmm. That's all I've seen from it.
0: Well, I think his most famous piece is his custom Rolex. He has a Rolex. Um, hmm. I think he and has a Rolex Milgauss with like Team Coco on the dial. And that the whole Team Coco thing was like from back in the day when he was doing... Uh, when Jay Leno left, and t- Conan took over, and then Conan left and was on TBS and all this shit. It was all a whole, all all this big drama bullshit. He was doing the whole Team Coco thing, and he had he's got a Rolex. It's the it's the Rolex Milgauss that's black with like orange.
1: Oh, this looks like a like a Bamford edition, or a, who does this blackout concepts? Yeah, this looks like some aftermarket did it.
0: That's pretty yeah. cool that's the most like recognizable hmm. Conan watch the, that I'm aware of is, is, is that watch, but I've seen him wearing, I've seen him wearing the Panerai's, Um and I saw, yeah, I saw a reference to him wearing a vintage Submariner um, on leather, which I'm sure upsets people. I he's, don't care. He's got
1: a nice rose gold radio mirror, which yes. Oh, uh, what like, was that? Looks Pam... like he's wearing a, a Timex. I w- <laughs> It actually fits him well. I Jesus.
0: wrote that down. Five seven three. Pay him five seven three, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then I saw I think the one on bracelet that he wears, uh, that's the titanium luminor marina, right? Oh,
1: that makes me feel better if it's titanium.
0: Yeah. It makes a little more sense. Has the weight of a goose's bottom, right? <laughs> not a not a cart full of coal.
1: Oh man.
0: So I think he's definitely a watch person. Um in that I what was that? The dog,
1: the dog. The dog agrees. Dog. <laughs> I love I, Conan. <laughs> I love Conan. He's so crazy.
0: Um, I think he's a watch person in the fact that he sees stuff that he likes. Um, you know, he pursues things that are interesting in terms of like watch history and stuff like that. There's a, there's definitely a certain sort of design that he seems to to go for. Yeah. And I think the Milgauss, that aftermarket Milgauss, that's definitely out of spectrum for his normal watch purchases. Vintage Rolexes, mm-hmm. these Panorais, um, and everything like that. But I also recognize it that he, I don't know if he still is now, but he's a guitar guy as well.
1: He is, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean?
0: So I think probably his inclination for guitar styles and tastes is probably pretty analogous to how he approaches watches. He sees something he likes and he buys it. He doesn't necessarily geek over like thinking you're training in the forty-two teeth complication. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, he's like, he's like, I recognize that to Panerai. I like Panerai. I like the style. It fits me well. I'm buying it. You yeah. know? So that's kind of all, how I've always read him as a watch collector.
1: Very cool. Yeah, I, I, I think he might be in a little bit deeper than again somebody like, you know, Floyd Mayweather or, <laughs> or Kevin Hart. <laughs> Agreed. Ooh, Floyd, Agreed. Oh my God, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather that that's that that's that's bad
0: doesn't just have like boxes of blood diamond richard meals or something
1: yeah dude he'll he'll just take anything and just like blast it in diamonds and he won't even do it like good like
0: how fucking I, low does your self-esteem have to be and i'm saying that as someone with the lowest of the low self-esteems i have the i have the self-esteem a self-esteem constitution of like wet paper okay and even i recognize the self-esteem must be pretty fucking low if he's just bukaki blasting diamonds untastefully dude that guy
1: that guy does one thing Mm -hmm. he's an incredible fucking fighter yeah but he can barely string four words together
0: well he's a fighter man most your job is getting hit in the head
1: Dude, <laughs> the guy has an on and an off switch. I don't think he—he's like know, a
0: toy. You turn him on, you point him in the direction <laughs> he's got to go in, and then when he's done, you turn him off and you put him. You put him. I in just
1: so, it just so just so happens that thing, that one thing he does make makes him truckloads of cash.
0: Wish that was good at something. Fucking nice. <laughs>
1: but, let's see who else do I got on here. I wanted to pick another extreme, and this—this this is somebody who I—who I actually. I wrote off in a worse way than, than Kevin Hart, really. Okay. Because I don't know much about him, dude. The first time the first time I saw like I guess I heard an Ed Sheeran song. Mm-hmm. I did not picture Ed Sheeran when I heard an Ed Sheeran song. And you can might I, have the same experience. Can I tell you something? Sure. I have never heard an Ed Sheeran song. You have. You you a hundred percent have. Okay. And here's what's gonna happen when we're done. <laughs> you're gonna Google Ed Sheeran, and then we'll play the song, and you're like, I did not know that that guy was the one that sings this. Okay. Because anyway, <laughs> they 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 play it everywhere.
0: It's, I don't listen to the radio, right? I don't watch. Television. It doesn't matter. They play it it's everywhere. The they, 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 they played they, it they in, play the in the last bathroom,
1: bathroom that you took a piss in. They were playing an Ed Sheeran song.
0: <laughs> okay. I want to Google. Should I should I Google him now or not yet? <laughs>
1: I mean, you can Google him, you yeah, know, see photos. But th- but this guy's kind of cool. Um, so so again, I I did not think much of him uh, because I I saw him wearing like a he looks like a Sesame Street character. Can we just talk oh, about yeah, that? Super cartoonish dude, <laughs> fucking muppet. <laughs> like he looks um, like a
0: caricature of a Sesame Street character. How is that fucking possible?
1: Again, he's very lucky that he has his talent. <laughs> God, <laughs> like, that's um, fantastic not not it nece- doesn't necessarily look like taylor swift's uh next uh heartthrob uh but anyways <laughs> so i saw i saw the 24.99 i saw a ton of richard Meals like crazy. really i think he's got I, I think he's got like the mclaren one that's like a split second that's over a million dollars um Jeez, uh, twenty yeah. twenty four ninety nine a 5004 patek um that's the split second perpetual calendar. For some
0: reason, anytime I see a Patek, I immediately assume someone to watch geek. That might be an that might be an error on my part. What's your read? Because that's not like a normal.
1: It's not. You so know. that that's that would have been true until like Patek started making the rounds with a lot of the rappers and the hip hop guys. Oh, uh, I did not well, know that. Actually, okay. I'm not gonna say hip hop. I'm gonna say like just like the modern modern rap yeah stuff. Um, and and they're doing the same thing where they like blast them in diamonds and stuff. So they're taking perfectly good 5711s, arguably the hot, the hardest watch to get in the world. Uh, and they're, they're like just doing aftermarket diamonds on it.
0: But anyways, is it like putting spinners on your Enzo for, on your Ferrari Enzo?
1: Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Burn him at the stake. <laughs> but anyways, you know, so I, I saw a lot of parallels between somebody like Ed cheered and and Kevin Hart. But then I found out that the guy has uh like a JS JS Watchco, you know, North Atlantic Rescue Timer, and that's like yeah you know, JS Watchco. That's that you know super oh, tiny Reiki, Icelandic. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like I fucking know. I know that name JS. Yes, okay. Wow, <laughs> interesting
1: so I did some more reading and apparently he's, he's a guy that likes to, that likes to commemorate travel with watches as well. Mm. So, and then he lets like, he doesn't necessarily budget, like budget constrain that, that habit, um, or that part of his hobby. So I'm sure he was in Iceland at some point and was like, Oh, it'd be cool to get like an Icelandic watch. Yeah. Um, and he apparently has like a stramansky Gagarin reissue. So, oh, you
0: were telling me. Maybe yeah. he maybe he did he did a tour.
1: So in I think Russia. it's kind of, I think it's kind of cool. I, I, I think this is kind of like maybe if if we're talking about the food chain of watch enthusiasm. I'm trying not to sound too elitist in the sense, in in making it sound like real watch enthusiasts and not calling like Kevin Hart an enthusiast. But I I think. I, I think that habit or that practice of, you know, picking up a, a Gagarin or a JS Watchco or like whatever, whatever reminds you of like your trip, uh, not necessarily telling yourself like it's got to be pricey. Hmm. I think that kind of drifts more into our sort of space of enthusiasm a little bit more than just like, you know, spending buckets of cash on
0: I'm going to buy ice a Richard ice. meal and then fucking pancake batter, Bukkake, a bunch of diamonds <clears throat> on it.
1: Yeah. So I just, I kind of wanted to bring him up because like I said, this tells me something about Kevin Hart that I didn't know. And this tells me something about Ed Sheeran that I, didn't know. I think, I think that we see a little bit more variety. Um, and for a guy that also has a Patek 5208 and wears it, <laughs> um, it's kind of cool to see that next to like a JS Watchco. Um Wild. The 5208 is is the Minute Repeater Perpetual Calendar Chronograph uh with, with the mono pusher. 5208. Uh, Wait. The 5208 P, so it's in platinum. They don't make that one anymore, by the way. They only <sighs> make it in rose gold, but he's got it in platinum. <laughs> I will
0: I will concede that this is quite a handsome watch
1: yeah 42 millimeters you can make a a ding
0: (laughs) looks a bit thick but oh it's it's a minute repeater it's a fucking minute repeater. that's that's why it's fucking thick it's got a fucking hammer and bell in there okay cool man rock and roll
1: so kind of like uh yeah another spin on like the hyper wealthy like celebrity but just i think with a little bit more variety than we see from like the rap crowd today pretty cool
0: that's a good one uh let me see here so i have two on my list um that are interesting in that i think there's something happening here but i need help i need your help for one of them and then i need the crowd's help for the other one do you have any others that you want to highlight in terms of like a collection and maybe like discussing what the collection might say about them
1: you know i don't i i no, I mean we can we can switch to to whoever you're thinking about. Okay. See, well, and then we'll see if we have time for some honorable mentions later on. So
0: I've been trying to figure this out for a while. <clears throat> I actually did find a you see thread uh, about it. So this figure. Um, It's Alan Watts, so Alan Watts, if you're unfamiliar, is an old, um, he's dead now, Uh, he's a British writer, British philosopher, he made Eastern philosophy sort of mainstream in the West during the 60s and 70s, was probably most people's initial avenue into Zen during that time, Um, also spawned a lot of, like, the initial, before it was called Psychonaut, like, groundworks for, like, Psychonaut and Exploring Consciousness and all this bullshit. Um, really, really, really interesting person. A lot of yeah. really, a lot of his, uh, a lot of his lectures and talks are still on YouTube. So definitely check them out if you're into that shit as well. But let me slack this to you. There is a very famous photo of him that I did not realize until very fucking recently, where you get an incredible shot of the watch that he's wearing. And Michael, I need your help. I don't know what fucking watch it is. Let's take a look.
1: Let's learn together.
0: Let's learn, let's discern and learn together. He's got his arms crossed and he's wearing he's clearly wearing some kind of chronograph. And this photo is probably from the 60s or 70s. Do you so, see it?
1: my initial my initial instinct is just looking at the photo I it's might be it might be either a Breitling co-pilot or some kind of Hoyer. It has like Hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's some interesting comments to... down below, but like
0: I can't, I can't Oh, let's see what the comments say. Someone someone said someone said the same thing you did. Tag someone or Brightling?
1: Someone said Copilot. Someone said Top Time. I don't think it's a Top Time. Mm. The Brightlink Top Time is a lot like the um Copilot, but the bezel is a little bit thicker and more pronounced. Um So I have uh, I think it's a co-pilot I think it's a, I think it's a Breitling co-pilot
0: so I have, I have a follow up question because you know more about this than I do in the 60s or 70s were Breitlings expensive? yeah interesting yeah so I think what we can discern from this is that though Alan Watts talked a lot about Zen and spiritualism probably liked his money too
1: Oh yeah, who's that? Who's that like crazy like yoga king that they that's in the news these days? He's like all about yoga, but also like molesting women and like making cash, and he just gets away with it.
0: Funny how all those things kind of end up <laughs> happening at the same time: <laughs> yoga, cash, molestation. <laughs> Interesting yeah, trajectory. But yeah, I I thought that was super fascinating because I've seen this picture hundreds of times, and then I was looking at it recently, and I'm like like what the fuck what watch is that and then i was googling it, and i found this thread and so you're you're gonna i want I, am I'm, I'm gonna share this link in our show notes just actually, so we can get everyone else's opinion i think well.
1: you know i'm i'm looking at the markers i'm i'm thinking back at the markers of a co-pilot for me to on the bezel battle.
0: the bezel throws me off
1: i think actually i think this person might be right this person down here it might be some kind of Otavia. Because the Octavias, they always combine the elapsed time, or not always, but a lot of them combine the elapsed time scale with the twelve-hour scale. Mm. That was that's the point of Octavia, like blending, you know, uh, racing and aviation. Um, so, and the bezel, the bezel itself doesn't, see, it doesn't look to have like the big numbers you'd see on the co-pilot. It looks like some kind of combined scale. It does. It's tough. It's tough to tell from this photo. But but those are two good guesses. Some kind of Octavia or some kind of Breitling Copilot variation. Cool.
0: I'm very excited to see because what well, I, I'm very excited to see what other people. If I, if everyone agrees, I think, I uh, it's definitely something. Because yeah. I will. I'm like I'm like. Is this something or is it just one of those random like generic like like. Seven seven three not dial specific chronographs that they just kind of churned out back then. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, or
1: just something with a value 72 like a three register some three register chronograph with a value inside. But there we're are a ton fa- of
0: those. Also. But we're fairly certain it's something.
1: <clears throat> yeah.
0: Yeah. That's so fucking cool. God damn it. That's the only photo of him I can find wearing a watch. So, uh I will share this thread and photo as well. Get everyone's opinions. Uh, let me see here. Let's go and talk about the fourth person I have on here who I spent way too much fucking time trying to figure out what this person was wearing because I would have assumed this person would have been wearing a fucking the dong watch to shut down all dong watches because this individual is responsible for probably most of our entire childhoods. Most of you or, you know, not even childhoods, just like development, you know, as like a, as like a video game person or a human being. So this person that I want to talk about specifically, it's Shigeru Miyamoto, Miyamoto, sorry, Shigeru Miyamoto, basically the creator of Mario, Zelda, Donkey Kong, a lot of these core Nintendo titles. Um, Yeah. I became fascinated. I'm like, I wonder what watch this guy wears. And so, let me send you these images. I know that it's some kind of Casio, but it's not a regular Casio. Hmm. Let me send these to you. It's not a regular Casio. I don't expect you to know this because we don't. We you and I don't know that much um, about Casio. But I want to show this to you. What I, my hope is that someone out there. In the TBWS family, can identify what this is. I don't want to buy it. I just think it's it's fucking it's just interesting.
1: You know, I would have thought some kind of citizen.
0: I I would have thought a citizen or like I thought he would have like hung on with like a Grand Seiko or some shit. But that's a that's a Casio. I just don't know which one.
1: <laughs> Fuck if I know. Right. <laughs> so, but have you seen like? have you seen any photos that would kind of um, point to the fact that he could have a collection as well or is this sort of the only watch that you've seen him wearing
0: this is the only watch I've ever seen him wear Mm.
1: so the last two guys have been kind of just like one watch dudes
0: one essentially one watch dudes Mm. yeah who had interesting pieces you know
1: it would be cool if we're trying to figure out what came first the cash or the passion It would be cool to date those photos and compare that with the release dates of, say, like Ocarina of Time, (laughs) I think would be pretty important.
0: If I was the person involved directly with the creation of Zelda and then was going to some kind of party to commemorate the release of Ocarina of Time, I would buy every charming bird I could possibly buy (laughs) and strap them all over my body and look like fucking Xerxes from 300. Yeah. I'm a benevolent god. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, I was there's fucking, there's a little go. there's
1: a little Kevin Hart in all of us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> god damn it. Brought it full brought it back full circle. But yeah, so I, I I I these last two, they're not necessarily watch collectors, they're interesting like pieces that I saw. I'm just surprised that Alan Watts would have an expensive watch, because it didn't really seem like he had a very materialistic life had a very hedonistic hedonistic uh life but not like a materialistic one and shigeru miyamoto um i would have thought he would fucking be rolling around in some fucking super expensive watch like like because i guess that's just how i would express myself if i had done something actually important mm-hmm. with my life you know what i mean um so interested to hear what everyone's thoughts are on those on those last two Did we have any honorable mentions
1: Let's see. What did I have down here? Um,
0: I think, as a formal apology to my insults, my slight last episode to Guy Fieri, I did more research. He is a watch person. Let's add Guy Fieri as an honorable mention,
1: right? <laughs> Guy Fieri, Guy Fieri. We've talked about we've talked about this dude a ton, but I just think it's so cool that um, Jerry Seinfeld is very detailed yes. in the way that he picks his watches. I think if you sit down and watch uh, celebrities in cars getting coffee, he not only like the whole thing with that is that he matches the car to his guests.
0: He's a huge car. He's a huge Porsche guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I feel like I, I'm. I and I'll be watching these episodes and like he's also making a very conscious decision about the watch that he's wearing. Yeah. And it it all goes. It's a really cool combination when you consider the guest, the car, and the watch. Um, and i just think that's very cool uh, about jerry seinfeld somebody who could like clean house <laughs> like if you compare him to like the wealth of like kevin hart or whatever yeah. like dude jerry seinfeld can destroy he can he can <laughs> kill the watch game or like whatever the fuck that fucking
0: headlines so dumb
1: but but the guy the guy has only seen i've only seen him with like what three to five thousand dollar brightlings, maybe mm-hmm. something eight to ten at most um i mean not cheap by any means but holy shit you know if you wanted to seinfeld can get a 5208 also yeah um
0: he's probably pretty uh, thoughtful with what he purchases you know probably
1: I mean? pretty thoughtful yeah.
0: yeah i think that's fair to say the guy's
1: got kids too man he's got a lot of kids doesn't he i did not those are know expenses. That. those are expensive. <laughs> yeah he's got kids man anyway um, so yeah. I, I I think I think Jerry Seinfeld is probably someone we can say that like probably he, like the seed was planted the watch enthusiasm thing was there and dormant you know and then and then the cash came you know yep. why the fuck not
0: um, <clears throat> excuse me
1: it's one of those things that
0: we do also notice your watch collectors are rarely only ever just watch collectors yeah. You know what I mean? There is something about the collector's mentality, whether it's the pursuit of something that you see as perfect or the accumulation of things to make you feel better about yourself, which is not wrong because I do that, or possibly some weird hellacious mix of both. Like, I'm not surprised that he's a car guy and a watch guy. Who knows what other fucking kind of collector he is. I'm not entirely sure. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And then the last honorable mention, and this is probably the hardest one for me to pin down, um, because I think a lot of people would just say, like, yeah, man, this it's all about the cash. Okay. And that's uh and that's Jay-Z, man. Um, Ooh, is a good one. Yep. That's Jay-Z. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. You know, Richard Meals up the ass, yeah. APs, like all, all that stuff. Um, you know, but credit to James uh, Lambden from Analog Shift. I think he's the one that surfaced the story. He was spotted with um what could very well be a one of a kind date chest that was modified by frank muller to be a perpetual calendar um that's
0: pretty fucking geeky
1: yeah (laughs) you're in kind of deep you know if and if you consider frank muller i think frank muller was what, like a watch modder? Do we, do we want to call him a watch yeah modder we did before we, we did the, his brand
0: we did the episode uh, watch brands you know I think about Frank Mueller. I mean, that was basically it like without really the term existing back then it was a watch yeah.
1: Modder. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a watch modder, except he put a perpetual calendar inside of a date chest so like that, you know. the, he's he's the one guy he's the one guy that's it's kind of hard to pin I, I kind of I wish I wish I could sit down and and ask him you know hey what do you think about watches? I've I think it's
0: before. probably safe to say that's. So hold on. So let me let me Google it. Is it is it? So here's how here Michael here's how we can fucking figure it out. What does the watch look like? Is it unassuming or is it ostentatious?
1: It's it looks like from far away. It looks like any crappy date just that you would buy like off eBay. It, it's not even. It's it's not in a bracelet. It's on a like very generic looking leather strap. Um, I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it Watch Guy. Here, let me see if I can find somebody, I'm sure, probably wrote an article about it.
0: Because that purchase is not really incongruent with a lot of the other loud purchases he has, reshared meals, APs, all that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is something that if you didn't know what that was and you walked by it, you'd have the reaction that you just said, like, oh, it looks like a, a just you could just buy online. Like That, yeah. That to me, sends the signal that he's probably a watch guy. Or watch geek, I should, I should clarify, watch geek.
1: Pretty cool, that's wild. Pretty cool, fun, fun episode, fun episode.
0: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This this has been a good time. Really interested to hear one's thoughts on the, um, I guess I, I, should, I guess celebrities. Technically, celebrities as I punch my mic, but celebrities that we chose. I want to do this again. I want to. I want to. I want to grab more research and do more celebrity collections and things like that so let's do this guys a couple of things let us know your thoughts on this week's episodes our choices so mike's choices were kevin hart we both had conan o'brien ed sheeran um your honorable honorable mentions were uh jay-z and fucking um
1: uh, jerry
0: Jerry seinfeld yeah who are these people jerry seinfeld sorry you can't. Say, I can't. You. It's. It's. It's almost like Chris Rock. You can't say the person's name without immediately like doing an impression of them in your head. The only difference is you never do Chris Rock impression out
1: loud. You never, never do Chris Rock. It nope.
0: never works. You only look like an asshole, like a racist <laughs> asshole. It never works. Seinfeld is fine. You know what I mean. Well, airline food. Who eats airline? Food? Like Seinfeld is fine. you Can't do Chris Rock. <laughs> it doesn't work. You know. Oh man. What was I gonna say? Uh my choices were Eric Repair, um Michelin Star Chef. A lot of you guys have probably seen him on um uh, Bourdain, No Reservations. He also has that I think he technically has a show that he recorded a long time ago on Netflix. It's quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um not really for the no reservations crowd. It's more of like a food focused uh sort of thing. It's really, really cool. I forgot I forgot what it's called. It's I think it's called like an evening with Eric or some bullshit. Some 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 garbage. It's called that. Uh, my choices were Eric Repair. Hold on, I fucking lost lost my train of thought. Eric Repair, Colin O'Brien, the one that the one that we shared, and the two that I kind of called out just because I'm not sure if they're watch people or what or interesting purchases. Uh, Alan Watts and Shigeru Miyamoto. Um, if you have any ideas or any thoughts for future celebrities or famous figures that we can kind of take a look at definitely let us know I think this was a ton of fun I would love in the future to maybe do a celebrity chef edition of this episode because I think there's a shit ton of uh, opportunity to to do that you know um, yeah. let me think what else ba, 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 ba. really cool wrist check I'm wearing the uh, Orange Star GMT as fucking usual at this point really cool Michael to hear your experiences with the uh, Forstner JB I guess what do you call it strap
1: or a band? It's the it's the comfit. Um, comfit. K
0: O M yeah. K O M F I T Comfit. Um on your on your Speedmaster three. I'm gonna fuck this up. I always go I always I was fuck up to the middle. 3750? Three,
1: Th- 3570. I was yeah. I always mix up the
0: middle letter middle letters. There you go. Middle numbers. <laughs> um Yeah, I think I think that's I think can't we can we just
1: can Can we can we stay longer? Can we just stay longer? I don't we should we should do the same thing with war criminals.
0: Jesus. I mean, I got... Uh, the only problem with that is we'd have to find pictures of them like when they're at the top of power. I don't think they let you wear a watch at the at the gallows in Nuremberg, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe they do. I don't
1: I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's a bad bad time to talk about war crimes.
0: <laughs> uh, that's next week's episode on
1: next week's episode <laughs> oh,
0: let's let's do this episode 157 celebrity watches cash or passion this has been a lot of fun give us your thoughts on this week's episode your picks for what would be cool for us to explore or if there's a celebrity out there and you've seen them wearing something cool once and you're wondering are they a watch person or just like a wealth enthusiast let us know what's up Michael and I will do the hard work we'll research it and let you fucking know also, let me know if you can figure out what the fuck Shigeru Miyamoto is wearing. What kind of Casio? I fucking know it's a Casio. I just don't know which one. And uh... I guess that's it. It's a time. It's time. It's a sad time. Okay, let's uh, let's do this. Let's uh, you can close it out, and uh, you can start closing out, and then I'll I'll take us home.
1: Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. My name is Mike.
0: And this is Kaz. You have been listening to Two Broke Watch Later.